data and the focus on analytics in the absence of complementing it with the right techniques and technologies and management practices to be able to operationalize it is part of what is going to cause companies to die because they're just focusing on a part of the problem and in many ways the part they're focusing on is the least important. So where does intent come into the mix here for both customers and companies? So, you know, the data tells you what's happened. And let's face it, you can get a lot of data about customers and about prospects. But intent is about understanding and being able to distill down what that customer is really coming to you for. What is their intent? What, why do they want to interact with you? And then being able to have another side to that coin, which is to be able to figure out wisely what intent you should have relative to that client. And being able to always provide the next best action, next best offer, know when you've got to do something special to retain a customer, know when it's the right time to sell them something, that marriage of customer intent with business intent is what gives you the context to use that data wisely and to make wise decisions. What is a rogue system (laughs) and what makes it such a problem? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, this gets into the second half of the book where we talk about, you know, some of the fallacies and flaws that exist in companies. One of the problems you've got is the traditional management approach to the way people use technology and use software in their businesses has really, really become very dysfunctional. And what that means basically is that business people who want to get something done, they want to offer a new product. They want to be able to make the business look more coherent. They want to be able to adapt to a regulation or to a competitor. They find they end up in these long queues. They're waiting for stuff to get done. They have to, frankly, come up with sometimes bizarre cost justifications that they can't really be sure of, but are often largely invented. And because that's such a frustrating and dysfunctional process, people end up just going and doing it themselves. Now, on one hand, you can applaud folks for that sort of entrepreneurial zeal. But when people use technology in ways like it wasn't intended, Mm -hmm. like they build macros in Microsoft Excel to do really complicated processes (laughs) and analytics, you know, they're, they're creating these unsustainable islands of automation that ultimately are going to fall under their own weight and ultimately make the business less agile, even though it feels for the next 90 days or 120 days like you're getting something done. So the the idea of this rogue system is somebody had the gumption or the wherewithal or just got sick and tired of the way things were before and took it on to themselves to create this sort of freestanding, one-time-only solution, house of cards, rather brittle type of thing that really, if a company becomes too dependent upon it, will absolutely, it will be a problem. Yeah, and, and you know, lots of examples. And it's interesting because these rogue systems sometimes masquerade as mainstream systems. Right. And I can give you some examples. But, you know, any system that doesn't look at the customer holistically, Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually have the ability in the future, it doesn't have to have a day one, Mm -hmm. but if in the future it doesn't have the ability, the architecture, the approach to marry the customer intent and the business intent across all the channels, all the products, all the touch points, any one of those systems is almost by definition a rogue system Mm -hmm. because it's going to further create silos in the business. And it's those silos that destroy customer satisfaction and destroy efficiency. Existing organizational structures and persistent organizational hierarchies may actually be the largest human-centric barriers to change. Now, what can realistically be done about this? There's a lot of heavy lifting with human-related challenges. Well, I think there's a lot that must 
be done. And you're absolutely right. It, it's challenging. But I think this is where the AMA constituencies mm-hmm. actually have as a real opportunity to make things different. Because I'll tell you, when I you know, think about the companies I deal with, which are really sort of the Fortune 400 firms who are our customers who tend to use this, I see that they're increasingly open to feedback mm-hmm. from all levels of the organization. A lot of these companies know they have a problem. Now, the only way that we've seen it work is when companies commit to not creating long-term silos, and they commit to trying to change the fundamental way that they will create and support their systems in, in some meaningful ways. And you know what the book tries to talk about is how do you get prepared to have that conversation with your management so that you can explain to them both the risk of this customer apocalypse, this mm-hmm. destruction that they may face, but also that they better think differently about the problem if they're going to be successful. Now, you advocate thinking in layers. Okay, so what are these layers? Well, you know, the, the different...